Hello, and welcome to the Carnal Talk Podcast, the sultry haven where we delve into the intimate and sensual tales of everyday women. On this podcast, we embark on a journey to explore the diverse landscapes of female sensuality. Some of our guests may choose to share their experiences anonymously, and others may prefer to step into the spotlight to promote themselves. But one thing will remain a constant the genuine and candid conversations about their sex lives. Carnal Talk Radio is not your typical show. It's a podcast where we celebrate the stories that often go untold. From the early sparks of desire to the intricacies of personal development, we uncover the layers that make each woman's sensual journey unique. I am your host, Nellie. I know, I know, some of you may know me as Khan from the Porn Director Podcast, but OnlyFans, YouTube, and other platforms kicked us off, and I had to recreate all new social media. So rather than getting the whole crew back together, I want you guys to think of this as my solo career. For those of you who are not familiar with the Porn Director Podcast, please visit our webpage, carnaltalk.com and read my bio for more information. Don't forget to follow our social medias, Instagram and TikTok at Carnal Talk Podcasts, X otherwise known as Twitter, Carnal Talk Pod. And did you know I have an OnlyFans? That's right. Nelly has OnlyFans where I work with some pretty big name girls like Kazumi, Adriana Chechik, and Luna Lovely. So follow me there. Nelly has big loads on OnlyFans. Step into the world of Luna Lovely, a mesmerizing soul whose journey of self-discovery began at an unusually young age. With a smile reminiscent of Julia Roberts, Luna is breathtaking. With long brown hair, deep dark brown eyes, slim, petite, radiating skin, and an openness and charisma that makes her very approachable. Originating from the sun-soaked landscapes of Phoenix, Arizona, Luna's roots run deep in the desert soil. This 29-year-old is not conventional in the least. Just wait till you hear who she first masturbated to about her polyamorous lifestyle and her openness to sex. As a submissive, Luna explores the intricate dance of desire with pain. Although her first love is BDSM, she also loves to shoot normal scenes. One thing I love about Luna is she brings authenticity to every intimate encounter. I can attest to the magic she brings to her content, as I've been lucky enough to work with Luna twice. Her scenes are not just performances, they are raw, real, and pulsating with genuine passion. She prefers to make her content with amateurs and prefers not to quote-unquote act. Because of this genuine love of pleasure, she has a loyal following on OnlyFans and Chatterbait. If you like what you hear and are curious, you can visit either my OnlyFans or hers to see us in action. We have two really good scenes together, and let's just say she helps me live up to my OnlyFans name. Nelly has big loads. Without further ado, please welcome Luna Lovely to the Carnal Talk Podcast.
All right. In virtual studio, we have the amazing, one of my favorites of all times with the perfect smile, Miss Luna Lovely. Thank you for coming to the show, Luna. Thank you for having me. So a little disclaimer here. I've met Luna before. I've been lucky enough to quote unquote work with Luna before. One of my favorite people to work with. Um, so I already know some information about her, but I'm still stoked to have her on because I get to look at her and flirt with her. That's my favorite too. <laughs> Great. Okay. So this pod podcast is all audio. So can we get you to start off by just kind of describing yourself? Like personality? Everything. Height, weight, personality, <laughs> best features, um, hair okay. color, eye color, everything. Uh, you know, all the things a man is never supposed to ask a woman. Answer those questions. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> I am 5'2". I'm about 100 pounds, give or take. I'm alternative as fuck. I've got tattoos and big gauges. Um, my best feature is definitely my fat ass on my tiny frame. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> um, and about me as I'm pretty down to earth, um, stoner chick. I like to just kind of hang out and binge watch movies and TV, but I also enjoy rock climbing and, uh, nature. I like to get outside and see beautiful things. And the first time we ever hung out, where did I take you? Oh, you took me rock climbing and you got me back into it, actually. I wasn't even into it at the time. And then I was like reignited excitement. It was amazing. You see that, ladies out there, hang out with me and new passions get ignited, right? Absolutely. It was perfect. <laughs> so I love working with Luna. We worked a couple times. It's been a real casual shoots, which I think is kind of your specialty, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's more like hookup style and... It's fun for me because it's minimal effort, technically. <laughs> and it's real. What I like about it, it's real. Like the two times we worked together, it felt very natural. It was kinky. It was fun. Um, you know, it, it felt like I was hang like had a date. It was like a date night, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's how I like to do my content because it keeps it exciting. Even for me, like I'm always stoked to go do my next content shoot because it's just fucking and there happens to be a camera <laughs> uh, and i like that too i like i like sex to be real i do feel like some of the professional shoots are pushed a little bit but i have seen yeah. some of your professional suits and they still look like you're having a lot of time a lot of fun and it's pretty impressive as well well thank you i am always very enthusiastic i genuinely love the job that i have right so Using that to segue, can we promote your OnlyFans and your camming and your other stuff? You want to list that out so people listening know where to find you? Yeah, absolutely. So you can follow me on what's now known as X, but I still call it Twitter. Um, I'm at Luna Lovely X. Um, you can find me on OnlyFans at Luna X Lovely X. And you can find me on Chatterbait under the same username as Luna X Lovely X. All right. And you have Instagram. 
No, I keep getting banned on everything else, so I'm just kind of in a I'm a I'm in prison for social media, and it's unfortunate. Okay. And I see you're a little active on Snapchat every now and then, right? They banned me <laughs> as oh of my recently. Gosh. So All right, well, I am as well. All right. Well, fuck them. Just follow her on X, a.k.a. Elon Musk's uh, other platform there, uh, Twitter. So follow her there and go to her OnlyFans. And I'll tell you a little secret about her OnlyFans. I'm on there twice. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. So we had, a, we had a lot of fun. I love shooting with Luna because it is so natural. And you're my type of girl because you're a little submissive. You like to be dirty. You like to be naughty. You like kind of random sex, which is all my little kinks as well. Yeah, no, we have a lot of kinks in common, and it makes it for a very exciting hookup. I'm always excited to come work with you. I know. When are you coming back out? I'm ready to work again. I only have one caveat. Like, next time... Can I please put it in your butt? Yeah, absolutely. I'm totally <laughs> down. My butt's way better be so. Okay. So I've eaten it before, but I've never gotten to have sex with it. And I've always wanted to put it in your butt. Well, you'll get there. It'll it'll be magnificent next time. I'm hoping I can book something soon and I can come out. Yeah. So I'm working on some bookings for you too, because whenever my friends who are directors or producers, like, who should I book? I'm like, Luna Lovely. And it's like, I don't tell them, oh, she'll probably stay at my house and work with me too. <laughs> but I'm like, go book her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so going back to your appearances, do you ever get that you look like a certain celebrity or anything? So I've gotten Julia Roberts a handful of time and I don't see it in any way, uh, shape or form. I see it. It's in the eyebrows and the wide grin, if that makes sense. Yes, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. It's the eyebrows and the wide, wide grin. It, you're definitely a beautiful girl. Um, you're kind of a spinner with a bubbly butt, right? Right, right. And she's submissive and she likes to do natural hookups. So um, she does get a lot of my mental real estate when I'm masturbating. I know where to go. I, I go uh, watch her on her platforms. I've probably I'm donated thousands and thousands of orgasms to you. <laughs> they are appreciated. I'd like them to keep coming. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Because you are one of my favorites. Okay, so let's kind of jump into your sexual history there. I actually don't know too much about your sexual history, so this would be interesting. Um, can you go back in time and remember your first kind of delve into anything sexual? So I know a lot of times girls don't know they're being sexual when they're young. They just like, oh, this feels good, so I'm going to do it. Uh, was it one of right. those situations, or what? What happened? Um, I knew what I was doing at a very young age. Um, I started masturbating unknowingly by six, maybe earlier. Like I would lay in bed and like fantasize and touch myself while I was trying to go to sleep. Um, and then it just kind of increased. By the time I was seven, I was using things internally. Not very big, but like little things and then just kind of experimenting with what felt good. Um, 
And then it just, uh, it progressed as the years went on and got more aggressive over time. Whoa. So you were experimenting with penetration at age seven. Did I understand that correctly? Yes. I would use crayons. Wow. And <laughs> this behavior was not taught to you. You discovered this on your own. Um, from what I know, I don't know. Um, I've like talked to a therapist, obviously, and kind of went into a little bit. And I think mm -hmm. there's some uh, something that might have happened to me when I was young. Um, but to me, I don't remember anything. So I, it just seems normal because yeah. it just this is like was. Yeah, that's normally the rule of thumb is that behavior is taught. Uh, but you right. could be the exception of the rule, and let's hope that's what it is, because I would hate for it to be the other way around. <laughs> um, so you just thought it felt good, and you enjoyed doing it. Uh, were you able to achieve an orgasm? I don't think so that young. I think it was more um, just feeling and just like kind of becoming acquaint acquaint acquainted, right. Jesus Christ, with <laughs> was happening um but i know that my fantasies were really fucked up really young so um like <laughs> wild fantasies i used to think about to uh go to bed at night uh give us some examples because this sounds insane <laughs> it is wild and it's hilarious to think about probably not funny for everybody but it's funny to me at least i can find the humor in it um well there's healing and humor so i always remember that Absolutely. And that's how I come at a lot of things. Um, so I would fantasize about Satan torturing me in like non-sexual but sexual ways. Like I was always naked, but like I wasn't getting, nobody was having sex with me. I was literally getting just like tortured. And when you say torch, is that like whipped and spanked or scratched or like, like physically abused? That and like it would be weird like experiments i guess that he was like doing for like torture like um like topicals and like hot sauce and stuff i remember whoa <laughs> that's but i mean how did you even know about satan i mean i'm assuming this isn't 7 years old this is like 9 years old or something right or 10 or maybe older for as long as I could remember. So I think back then too, um, cause it was always just something I, I just, I don't know. It was something I thought about a lot. I had, um, uh, a relative who was very religious, um, a cousin. And so I think that is where the Satan came from. Cause I used to have to go to church with them when I'd spend the night and I spent the night a lot. So I ended up at church all the time, even though my family wasn't religious. Um, so Whoa. I don't know. I think it was coming in a weird way. I never in a million years would have thought this is your backstory. So I'm completely fascinated. And how long did that go on for? Or is it still going on? That's why I have Satan tattooed on my arm. Really? So yeah. are, you, are you a Satanist? No I, no, I wouldn't consider myself. I mean, obviously, there's some points I agree with, but I feel like that's a lot of religion. Like if you can pick and choose what you like from religions. Cause I'm not, I'm definitely not religious. Um, obviously Satanism has some good points, but I wouldn't conform to a full religion. I just think, I think Satan's hot is what it comes down to. Like, I, I don't want to follow and be like in a cult, but like yeah. given the chance, probably fuck Satan. <laughs> so, so you're, you're attracted to the bad boy. 
yeah just like the like the evil malicious it's just like you're like i guess in my mind now that i'm older i can make it like it's a it's a dom he's a he's dominant and yeah i think that's what it was so just the uh, no control pleasing factor so now i know that i've just been way too nice when we work together i should have been a little bit more aggressive and dickheady right it's always good to work your way up to that it's good to build trust that you go hog wild yeah that that's the big thing i have when it comes to like dominating a girl like i'm i'm a dominant male but There's so much gray area. And even if you talk to someone and you'd be like, Hey, what's your safe word? Or what are you into? Or what are you not into? Like, it's so easy to go too far. And then suddenly like the girl is like, Oh, he abused me. And I'm so paranoid of that. Like I have fantasies about like holding a girl down and fucking her in the ass and like calling her dirty names. And like, I'm like, Oh, I would, I'd really like to do that, but I'm so worried if I do it, then like, if there's one aspect of it that she doesn't like and it doesn't get communicated, it's very easy to be like, that was a horrible experience for her. So I don't have Absolutely. the balls to do that. So I know lots of guys love to be abusive to women. Like I see like, I have friends of mine who are like smack girls in the face and like they, they get away with it. I am too paranoid. Like I don't want to smack a girl in the face and I don't want a, gr a girl to 
oh my God, it was amazing. I cried so many freaking tears. It was very intense. And I love the scenes where somebody can get me to cry because it's really hard to do. <laughs> but when I'm in that right headspace, it's so hot and I love it so much. It just a sub through and through. It's so hot. You're so sexy. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, 100% submissive for absolute sure. I love that. I love that. And you're just incredibly beautiful. Like I said, little spinner body, really good, good, tasteful tattoos. Sometimes you see these alt girls who have really bad tattoos, but yours all look good. You have a nice Thanks. little slim trim body. Everything's firm. All right. Now I'm getting, I'm turning myself on again. There. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. My, my pleasure. Um, okay. So going back. Uh, so at a young age, you immediately figured out you're a submissive and you were attracted to the bad boy, the baddest boy of them all. Um, the bad. So I, I have a little homework for you, though, uh, going back to that subject. Have you seen the documentary on Amazon called Hail Satan? No. Oh, you got to see it. It's amazing. It's it's amazing. Okay. It's, it's about Satanists, but basically they just troll other religions that's all they do yeah. like seeing their like um social media posts where they're just just destroying people and it fucking kills me yeah so it's it's those people it's a really good watch those of you listening to so go out and watch it's not what you think it is it's really quite clever and you i have a lot of respect for the satanists because they're intelligent and what they do yes. and how they apply like the first amendment and other things to their religion and how they troll other religions is just on point. I have a hundred percent respect for them. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, I'm, I am an atheist, so I think all religions silly, but for a religion, I have respect for what they do. I have respect for most religions. I just don't follow them. That was my little disclaimer. Yeah. Same. I'd have to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get me too. <laughs> All right. So where did you grow up? Uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. And so when did you, so you were horny at a young age, but when did yes. you actually start um, acting on this horniness other than in a self way? Um, very early as well. Um, so I technically lost my virginity to a girl. Um, I was dating girls in the end of sixth grade and seventh and eighth grade um, was when I like started seriously dating girls. Um, so you were like 12, 12, 13. Yes. And then uh, I fucked my first girl at about 12, 13. I'd go spend the night at her house and we would... Uh, literally watch porn and fuck all night <laughs> no way wow crazy i never like when i was actually i lost my virginity at 13 but it was with an older woman i would have never have thought other girls at that time that were my age would be doing anything like that but i think i'm uh, about a generation and a half above you i think just a little bit yeah so you're you're like 29 right yeah. Yeah. So I have 20 years on you. Jeez. Well, that's like a generation <laughs> and a half, right? Yeah. 
I think that that's right. Uh, okay. So was your first orgasm solo or did you have your first orgasm with someone else? Um, my first orgasm was solo. And I think about like when I was like getting serious about masturbation, I think I was like, I had to have been like 14, I feel like when I came for the first time, like on my own. Mm -hmm. And were you using just your fingers or did you have some sort of object, two or three crayons at that time? Cause you've moved on. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I have a thing for object insertion, random objects, just because like when I was so young, I, I just had to use what I could get my hands on. I was never a fingers person. It was actually funny. It never occurred to me to use my fingers until I'd already been using a bunch of different things. And I was like, oh, I could use my hand. <laughs> but to so me, it felt like it cramped so fast that it was like, well, it's not as fun in my like I still can't get off with just my hands. It never is a thing for me. I've never been able to come with just my hands. That tells me that you have inner orgasms rather than clitoral yeah. orgasms. An external person. If I, I've come a few times just from external stimulation, but it's kind of like a forced orgasm situation with like a really high Hitachi and just put it there. And the orgasm's never as intense as my internal one. So it's kind of like a half orgasm. Hmm. And what about askasms? Do you have askasms? Oh, God, those are way more intense and way amazing. Gosh, killing me here. Yeah, I, I there's there's a certain type of girl who will tell me, like all the anal queens I know are like my orgasms through my ass are much more intense than through my pussy. I need to meet more girls it's like you. It's true. It's just... It's a whole nother level of intense. And like for me, the deeper it is, the harder I'm going to come. So it just makes it really fantastic because oh, it's a little painful. Yeah. <laughs> oh, see how fast I picked up on that. You did. It was quick. Yeah. Um, so what was your first anal sex experience or were you doing that solo before someone else got involved? So this is a fun story and this one will throw you for a loop because it's unexpected. Um, I had surgery when I was five because I had a tumor, an anal tumor, um, and they had to remove it. And so I was scarred for life from people touching my ass because of that surgery. It was like doctor appointment after doctor appointment of having to go where all the doctors are like looking and wiping and getting ready for surgery and finding where it's at. And it was like, mortifying as a child because I'm like well everybody just leave me alone I don't want to be touched anymore so I kind of had this weird preset to anyone touching my asshole I was like I'll fight you like don't touch it you can look at it but please god don't touch it so I never ever touched my ass as masturbation until I was like probably until I got into porn, to be honest. Like, I just didn't like it. I did it, but I didn't like it. So, like, when I was 17, I, had, I got fucked in the ass for the first time, and I hated it. I was like, this is the dumbest thing ever. Why do people do this? It hurts, but it's not fun. Like, it's so stupid. I, I say this a lot. A lot of girls are like, oh, anal sex is terrible. I know I don't like it. I'm not into it. I say, and I'll ask them, the first time you had vaginal sex, how good was it? And they'll be like, huh? And I'll be like, was it amazing? Was it the best thing you ever had? Or was it kind of like, 
eh, that's what it is. As a, it's another skill you have to teach yourself. Absolutely. I, and I totally agree. When I worked at the sex shop, I was very much an advocate of like, play with yourself, learn your body. Once you, like, if you can come on your own from something in your ass, anal's going to be no problem. Like you have to just get to know yourself, take things as slow as you need, but get yourself as horny as possible. Cause that's how it's going to work. And then you're going to come really hard and be like, well, now I need to give that more thought. <laughs> so I, I say that a lot myself. I always tell girls, and it just recently I was talking to a girl who's told me that she can only come by herself. And I said, okay. and it has to be a certain way. And this, and that I said, okay, that's fine. But why don't you do that while a guy is fucking you? And she said, I don't know. It's, mm -hmm. embar it's embarrassing. I said, then now you're the problem. You can't blame the guy or your partner for not being good in bed. And you're, you not getting pleasured as like you have to teach yourself how to come by yourself. Then you have to teach yourself how to come with someone else. Then you have to teach yourself how to communicate with that someone else so they can do it consistently. Then you got to teach yourself how to enjoy it in the butt. Absolutely. That's the whole thing with sex and pretty much everything in life is communication. You're not going to get anywhere unless you're talking to your partner and explaining things because everybody's so different. One person's not going to come the same way somebody else did. When you are with somebody new, thorough communication is the key to getting off as much and as hard as you want. Oh my God. How annoying is it to be a guy? Well, you're a girl who sleeps with women, so you'll yeah. appreciate this as well. Every time you get a new girl she comes in a different manner. Like she has a different kind of way to come. It's not very often you can just grab a girl, fuck her, and she's going to come and you do whatever. And it's super easy to make her come. Every girl comes different. And what worked on my ex probably won't work on my new girl. So I have to learn all of that all over again. For guys, it's just like, let us put it in and we'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Right, exactly. And like with women, it's it's so many little details and not for nothing. Like their mentality is like 80% of women being able to come. You have to be in it. In your head, you have to be there. If you're distracted with anything else in life, you are not going to come. Come like talking from experience, I've masturbated where I'm staring at the wall and I'm trying to come so hard and it's physically impossible because my head isn't there, but it's like a fight. Like, just let me come. I want to come. I'm working, but I can't get there. Oh. Yeah, it's it's hard. I, like, there's a certain amount of anxiety I have with sleeping with a girl for the first time because one, I want to make sure I'm good, right? Because you never get a se second chance to make that first impression, right? You want to be good, but what what I what worked with my ex may not work with this girl, and in fact, it may make me bad in bed. You know, for example, my ex. I had the move I called the reach around where, you know, we'd be in missionary and I would ride my hips really low. I know my people and can't see this, but, you know, say this was her pussy hole. And like, normally you have sex like this, right? So I would drop my mm -hmm. hips low and have sex so that the tip of my dick would hit the top of her vaginal wall. Right. So it'd be like this. I think you can see me. Right. So it'd be like this. So yeah, I would. I would be doing that. This would be my dick hitting the top of her pussy like that. Right. And then I would reach mm -hmm. all the way around and, and hook two fingers into her butt. 
right in her butthole. And then there was a certain rhythm where as one's going in, the other's coming out, give me three minutes of that. And she comes like that. Right. So my ex and I broke up. I hooked up with another girl. I immediately went to my go-to move and she would like the look on her face was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I mean, I totally get it, but this sounds very hot. Like I could probably come very well like that, but I could totally see how like not for nothing, but quote unquote normal woman would be like, what in the fuck is happening? Oh man, I, I was recently overseas and I hooked up with this girl and um, let's just say I might have scarred her for life. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but she's nice. she's nice. Um, she got a fun story. To Stories are always oh, worth it. Oh, and then so I guess I'll kind of leak leak it. I went to Brazil for like a month and a half, and I was a very bad boy because I was somewhat. I'm not gonna say I was single because I had been single for like a year or maybe more, but I was in the mental space to where I was like. I could do whatever the fuck I want. doesn't matter. So I went to Brazil and I was a very bad boy with many Brazilian women who are wonderful people who shouldn't ever give me the time of day. Cause I'm a terrible person. <laughs> and it, you know, I, I, I had sex with the, this girl who I did the reach around with. I call it the reach around cause <laughs> I'm reaching around and, exactly. uh, you know, she was kind of flipped out, but like she was polite and hung around for a while. And, then I think she left. We I didn't see her for like a few days. And then I got a text message from her and she was like, I saw your social media. And I was like, okay, cool. And she's like, you're a porn star. I'm like, not really. I mean, a while ago, <laughs> but not really anymore. And she's like, you didn't tell me this and that. And it was, but now she's cool. It's, it's cool. It was, it was, I don't know where I was going with that story, but. Anyway, the reach around doesn't work on Brazilians. How about that? <laughs> but but I always think if you're a guy, you have to make that first impression, right? Even so there's a certain amount of anxiety I always have with like sleeping with with a girl for the first time. So I have kind of two rules, right? Um, try and listen to her audio cues. Do well, I'll say I'm in a good order. So Tons of foreplay. If you're going to do, yeah. if you normally do 10 minutes of foreplay, do 30, do 30 minutes of foreplay, <laughs> do 30. Cause no girl's ever going to complain about foreplay. Um, two, listen to the audio cues, right? If it's yeah. some girls don't make any noise. So then you're just all confused. And then three, <laughs> three is very important. Pamper after it's done oh it's that is super important yeah because if you pamper the girl after she's done she doesn't feel like a used piece of meat unless you're into that i guess you could just ignore them or whatever but uh you pamper her after done like my move is like i'll like come all over the girl and i always have nice big loads as you know firsthand <laughs> I do, uh, I do. Uh, i'll come all over the girl and then i'll be like don't move and like, I'll run to the bathroom and get a warm, wet towel and then I'll clean her up. And as I'm cleaning her up, I'll make out with her. Right. And then I'll get her nice and clean. And if she doesn't have to pee or anything, then we'll cuddle up and make out some more. Yeah, that's perfect. It's like a good cool down. 
All right. All right. I'm so glad we're interviewing me because I'm such a good interviewee. <laughs> You're so funny. I, I hijacked my no, own I, interview. I think my uh my most memorable hookups are definitely I'm again, I'm a stoner girl. So like the weight of my heart is like I show up, we fuck. We don't need to do anything crazy extra, but like smokable after I'll bring weed too. It doesn't have, I don't have to get smoked out, but like smoke a fat bowl together, talk for a minute. And then I'm fucking Audi. And that is like perfect for me. That is like dream hookup situation. What do you think your body counts at? Holy fuck. Um, I know people ask me all the time. And I remember my first two years in the industry, I think I got up to like 57 before I was like, I'm not keeping count anymore. I don't mm -hmm. know. So I've been in the industry now for seven years shooting professionally. So within the first two, I was at 57. So I have no idea where we're at anymore. Well, you're not going to hit the 57 again because you're going to end up working with the same like 18 guys, right? They're always the same guys yeah. over and over again. I feel like I do hook at like casual hookups every now and again when I meet somebody who's worth it like that I like am into or that I think the sex would be good sometimes I hook up random but not all the time right right so would you say you think your head count is over or under 150 maybe like at the door right there yeah so we're about the same place I th I'm probably between 150 and 200 but I was in and out of the industry for 20 some odd years Right, right. So, but most of my hookups, most of my sex was outside the industry. I wasn't like a big performer or anything like that. So it was all, all I like sure. to call, I like to call them muggles. <laughs> I like it. Because <laughs> they're not part of my world. That's fair. I'm a, I guess majority of my sex has been in the industry. Um, I got with my husband very young. Um, and I mean, we weren't monogamous, but I also wasn't like rampant slut yet. I was, uh, I was, uh, I was dabbling and slutting. So, <laughs> yeah. The thing I like about watching your stuff is it's so honest and like real. Um, and I can tell like you're excited to have sex with the person. So I, I think people should definitely go check out your OnlyFans because most of it's like you'll do not necessarily fuck a fans, but you will fuck regular everyday guys for your only fans and stuff and get them to sign the Absolutely. model release and everything. Yeah. Makes it, uh, makes it more exciting. I know my fans like it a lot. I've, uh, I've done like, um, hookup content and then I've done content that's like really produced. And every time they're, everybody prefers my like amateur hookup stuff. Like, and it's because I know it's because everyone can see my professional stuff online. That's not what they want to see. They want to see me being intimate and excited. Like, I'm very real in all my scenes because it's too much work to do a persona, but in my content, you know, that's like my most natural me. I'm not even trying to ham it up for the camera even a little bit. You know what I mean? I'm just, yeah. just. Yeah. And I love working with you. I, I mean, not only are you my type, but you're also really fun to have sex with. You make good noises. You make pretty faces. Like I don't think girls understand um, how engaging it is to be looked at a certain way when you're having sex with a woman and she's not in your head. Yes. Huge, it makes a huge difference. It really does. Cause I, uh, I'm like addicted to porn. I definitely was addicted to porn at a young age too. So like getting to see these faces that people make, it's so intimate when you're making them together, like as intense and kinky as it can be when you're just making eye contact, it just makes it so much yeah. hotter. Yeah. And, and I like that. And I notice you do it with all, 
all your amateur stuff. Like you are connected with that person. And even if they're not doing a great job, you still work it really <laughs> like, like, I mean, cause you're, I can tell like, Hey, I want to get something out of this too, besides just content. Like there's a real genuine honesty about your content. No, that's very true. I definitely want like the content I shoot, I shoot with the people I want to shoot with that I'm attracted to that I know I'm excited to fuck. I don't want to like show up and fuck somebody just because like, I know there's quote unquote clout chasers or whatever, like people who just have big followings and you're just going to go fuck them for the following. But like, I want chemistry. I want to be attracted. I want them to want me and to make it really hot. All right. Wait, wait, I'm going to call you out real quick. Cause you did shoot with dread. Yeah. Dread's cock is gigantic and I'm a size queen. Yes, it was great for following, I will admit. But again, and like not Johnny Sins came to mind too, but those are people I genuinely wanted to fuck. Like Dread's yeah. dick is huge. I want to challenge myself and see how wide I can get my asshole to stretch. That was amazing. And Johnny's just a really intense fuck, which is fun because I like hardcore and intense. Okay, so... I, I know both of these male performers relatively well. I mean, Dredd probably doesn't know me by first name, but he would definitely know me by face. Johnny would know me by first name. I went on vacation with him a couple of times, not with him, but he right. was there too. Um, so right. I'm just going to guess. Uh, Johnny wanted a cream pie. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, Dredd just wanted like a big anal scene. He wanted a big anal scene and he wanted a facial. So he just wanted... What I mean, and he was very kind, so it was like whatever you can make work, and if it doesn't work, obviously we don't have to do anal. But yeah. So for those you don't know, um, actually find Luna's scene, Luna Lovely with Dread. If you don't know who Dread is, he's the biggest man <laughs> in the industry. He, he's huge. Like I, I remember uh, my friend who's been staying with me that you met a couple times. I was telling her like, oh, she's just worked with Dread, And she's like, who's Dread?" And I'm like, hold on. And I just picked it up and showed her. I think it was uh, off your Twitter. Uh, you had posted uh -huh. some stuff, some short clips. And she was like, oh, my God, how can such a teeny little thing take so much? I know. I uh, I showed her a gangbang when we were hanging out. And her face, she was so cute. She kept looking over at me like, What? How do you do that? <laughs> yeah, she's super curious, but I don't think she has it in her to to go that route. Like I'm a little, I'm way too much for her and I'm not like super crazy in bed. So I'm already a little bit too much for her. I'm like, eh, I'm trying to put it in her butt. And she's like, no, 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 not happening. <laughs> uh, anyway, so normally I take kind of like a path of, of your career. So we should probably jump back on a uh, schedule on that. So how did you go from just being this kinky little girl into like, hey, I'm going to do some adult work? Um, so when I was uh, 14, I stumbled upon kink.com. I watched um, is from their Wired Pussy website. And I watched these girls get electrocuted and tied up. And literally every fiber in my being was screaming like, oh, I need that. I don't know what that is, but I need it. So I like that was my introduction to bondage was girls being electrocuted and tied up. And I was just engulfed. It was all I could do every day. I'd get home from school. I'd come home early. I'd be the only one home and I'd watch porn and I'd edge myself. Ooh, I didn't I even know edging. what edging was, but I love what, edging. I didn't like, I had no idea what it was, but I'd literally sit on my heel. I need a lot of pressure on my clit. So I was like sitting on my heel right on my clit and I'd just be like moving back and forth for a while. And then I just stop and watch and I'd watch for as long as I can until somebody came home. But like, 
I was, I was just hopelessly addicted. So um, pretty much from 14, like as soon as I saw that, I wanted to be on there. I wanted to be one of the girls tied up and electrocuted. Like immediately, that's what I wanted. So I just became obsessed with watching kink bondage scenes and being like, I need to be there. Oh my God. At 14. So when, yeah. as soon as you turned 18, you sent him an email or what happened? Yes. I started applying as soon as I turned 18. But what I came to find out was that the entire time I was applying, <laughs> the email was broken and it was sending to nobody. So they weren't getting any of my casting sheets. And that's the reason it took them like three years into my, in, into shooting porn already that they finally booked me was be like, they had no idea. I was trying to reach out to them for oh. literally the, from like, until like until they finally shot me i was still submitting applications and being like how, hello how butthurt were you um i honestly got into shoot for kink and it took so long for them to book me i was pretty much convinced it was never going to happen like after a couple years i was like well they fucking hate me apparently they hate everything about me they don't want me on their site and they can't stand me like that's immediately where my head went and when how I did got, you finally get I, to shoot so this is i everybody i talked to i ended up meeting so I, my biggest, like, idols, I guess, in porn that I just jerked off to a ton was Gio DeMarco, James Dean, Isis Love, uh, Mistress Madeline, like, a handful of those people. And I got to meet and fuck, like, half of them. I met Proxy Page, too. Um, what about I literally uh, told Mi all Mistress Donna? Wasn't she over there for a while? Ah, uh, Princess Donna Delora. Princess that, Donna, she's sorry. Tops. Yeah. She's tops for me. Um like biggest fans ever and so like every time i met one of them i was like i want to shoot for kink really bad and every one of them told me i'll talk to somebody but it just still wasn't happening and then i met juliette march and she got me a set with james mogul and we shot for fuck i can't even remember the site but it was with seth uh gamble it was a wonderful scene and then it sucked because he got fired after that as director and i didn't get to shoot for them again for another like two years before oh another gosh. director wreck it and finally shot me i gave john paul the pope so much shit on my first set like i just like they were interviewing me and i looked him in the face i go do you know i have been trying to get on your fucking site since i was 18 why has it taken so long and we went into this whole thing and he literally was like i am so sorry <laughs> oh my gosh okay so you wanted to get on kink.com but you couldn't unbeknownst to you the reasons why so how did you what was your next jump like how did you how did you jump into the next uh, best thing, I, I guess I should say? Um, so I ended up stumbling upon, so I got an agent and they were, told me about this site called, um, oh my God, my brain is fucked right now, uh, Sexually Broken. And I was like, okay, I mean, it sounds interesting. So they showed me the bondage site and not for nothing, but as a bondage lover, there are levels of production you can do that make things look really scary or make things look really good. Um, so like I was always like on the fence for different bondage companies. I obviously didn't know. But when I did some research, I found out it was a pretty reputable bondage company. Like they've been shooting for a long time. A lot of people liked them. I had some good reviews from people who worked with them. So I was like, all right, let's give it a shot. Let's because trusting somebody to dominate you very intensely is very scary. So I was like, OK, I guess let's see what this scene can be for me. And oh my God, I fell in love. That company, they were great people who ran it. We were we we're still friends, but we good friendship for a long time. They hired me a bunch, shot me a bunch, let me stay with them for like weeks on end. And it was phenomenal. I was very lucky that I did find some other bondage company who was very good to me. And I had a lot of fun working with, recognize me and book me. 
so much before kink ever did. Wow. So you immediately knew that you wanted to go the bonded route. So you weren't thinking, I want to be a porn star. You were thinking more, I want to be a sub. Yeah. Yeah. I just, that was my whole idea in a porn and it still is. Like I am getting to experience fantasies I've had for a long time in pretty much the safest environment you can have it. Not always going to be 100% safe, but it is safer than meeting random people and hoping things go well. Also, my experience is better because it's professionals who can keep their dicks hard and there's not going to be like minimal drama. You know what I mean? It's not going to be like some big thing. Everybody's there to get paid. That's the whole idea. But I get to genuinely enjoy myself while this is happening. Um, so yeah, that I think that makes a huge difference for me. So you doing non-bondage scenes is kind of just a residual of you getting an agent and getting in the adult. But the first priority was to be a submissive. And then the residual effect was you getting other regular adult work. Yeah, absolutely. And like, um, I wasn't opposed to it. I'm still getting fucked on camera, which is very hot to me. But even now, even after my seven years in it, uh, no matter what scene I've shot, bondage takes the cake. Like any scene that I could like that I shot, any bondage scene I saw is going to trump it because I just, that's where my heart is. I genuinely love bondage. And if I could shoot only bondage for all my porn scenes, I absolutely would. Like I would be in heaven. It's sad that I don't get as many bondage shoots as I'd like, but there's not as many reputable bondage companies around anymore that produce good quality porn. All right. So if you guys have a bondage studio out there and you're reputable, you have a, a very amazing actress and uh, submissive to work with. So reach out to her. Uh, give out your socials again. My socials are Twitter X, whatever it is called, is at Luna Lovely X. And then my Chatterbait and my OnlyFans are both Luna X, Lovely X. How often do you go live on Chatterbait? Uh, that's where this is a fault of mine. It's very hard to stay consistent on camming because it's all about my feeling, like how into it I'm going to be. Cause guaranteed if I'm not feeling it for the night and I get online, it's going to show on my face and I'm not going to make very much money. So I have to be in it. Um, I try to cam at least a couple, a handful of times every month. Um, December was crazy busy for me. So I did not get online. Um, but I do try. If, if I'm not shooting professional scenes constantly, I'm definitely going to be on cam. Yeah. yeah. So you're you're just genuine when it comes to sex. And that's what I've always appreciated about your, your content and you. Um, you know, just I want to see people who want to be there. And that's what excites me the most. I'd have to agree. It makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. um, I did like months worth of research before I started camming before porn and everything I did a lot of research and my god the amount of girls who get on there and look so upset and they're just on their phone the whole time is such a turnoff like I remember going through cams and being like okay note of what not to do please don't yeah. look miserable don't be on your phone the whole time <laughs> absolutely so did you start camming first or did you start shooting uh porn first I started camming first um I started camming eight years ago okay and which do you prefer? I prefer shooting on sets, to be honest, because it's a bigger and guaranteed check. Camming <laughs> is never guaranteed. Like I camped for a really long time. And right now is the best it's ever been because I think I've gotten popular enough that it's exciting when I'm online. And it's not like, oh, she's online again. Mm. Um, 
So I'm definitely making more. I'm doing well, but it's, uh, some nights are great. Some nights I'm on cam and I'm like, holy fuck, I can't believe it went that well. And I got to stay home and smoke the whole time. That was amazing. But I really love being on set and getting to meet directors. Also having an audience when I fuck is very hot. Just a bunch right. of like camera dudes. And you, half the time everybody's turned on. It's, it's kind of impossible not to be. Even if you've seen as much porn as you've seen, it's still hot to see people fucking. Yeah, I still like going on set. Every I got a couple producers and directors that'll let me come on set. And like, I, I, you know, I have to be respectful because there have been situations where some women, some females have said like, hey, I was really uncomfortable. So even if I'm on set, I am titillated, but I'm not acting on it. But I do love watching people fuck. And, uh, I, you know, 15 years ago, I'd be able to go on set and I could like basically whip out my dick and start jerking off. And like, maybe the girl would come over and blow me and start fucking me too. Those days are over. We're not doing any of that <laughs> anymore. It's a different time. It's a different era. Um, so that, those days are over, but I, I totally love being on set too. Even to this day when I'm, they're like, Hey, you can come on set. I'm like, Oh, cool. And even though I can't like jerk off or anything like that, or be like, cause that would be rude, I guess. I still like <laughs> lock it in my head so I can use it later, you know? Absolutely. I love when I'm like, uh, if I show up to set and they're shooting multiple scenes that day, I fucking love getting to hear somebody else getting fucked in the other room while I'm just doing my normal stuff or like hanging out and waiting for my turn. I think it's a huge turn on and like set up to like getting to hear some. Obviously, when it's overly fake, I'm kind of like, okay, I can tell you're faking it in the other room, but it's fun when it's like you can hear that it's a little genuine. I, I have a funny story that goes along with that. So the first time I ever dated a girl in the industry, it was a little Asian girl named Yumi Lei. And I didn't know she was an adult when I met her. And I wasn't an adult at that time either. And somehow or another, I figured out she was an adult. And I was totally excited about it, but but society told me I needed to have a problem with it, if that makes sense. Right. Yes. No, absolutely. So I assumed I should be upset, but I secretly wasn't. I was really just really turned on by it. But one thing that did throw me off was we had been like hooking up for like four to six months by that point. I knew how to get her off. I knew the sounds she made everything. So then the first time I watched her porn and she made the same sounds that she made with me, I was like, she's faking with me. I didn't realize <laughs> that that's the way she pleasured herself. And she wasn't faking it with me. It's just this other guy was getting her off too. And I remember right. getting like this weird kind of jealous about it. And now I realize it's just like stupid. Of course, you want the girl to enjoy herself. That's the whole idea. Um, and, and there's some weird rules with couples out there. It doesn't sound like you have it with your husband, but there's some real, real weird rules out there like oh you can't come with the male talent i'm like what the fuck are yep. you shooting for like how can you even <laughs> yeah how can how can you even tell the person you love like don't get pleasured while doing something that's supposed to pleasure you yeah it doesn't make sense to me i know that there's like uh, people who date in the industry and this is when it doesn't even make any more sense is when they're both professional in the industry and then they both get these weird rules with each other and it's like yeah. what the fuck are you talking about your job is the same thing don't you understand it's a job and there is a difference between 
loving someone and fucking somebody and fucking somebody for money, even if it's fun. Like there's, there's a big difference. And when people learn that it makes sense, but you have to be adult enough to date in porn to make it work. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I've, I've, there's been all sorts of silly rules. Even when I go to swinger parties, there's like these couples have these fucking weird rules. Like you can't kiss him or uh, oh, it's just, Oh, I'm just people. When I was with my ex, I was with my ex, you know, for 10 years and people are like, well, how can you date a porn star? And I'm like, it's very easy. Uh, and they're like, well, aren't, aren't you jealous of this? Aren't you jealous of that? And I'm like, get rid of, I, I always tell these guys that used to ask me these questions. I said, go back and think about the last five, 10 relationships you've been in right now. I want you to imagine those relationships where you remove the jealousy and tell me how right. you think that that relationship would have been if there was no jealousy in it both ways, the guy for the girl and the girl for the guy. Uh, but I, I think there's a different type of jealousies. I think men have a different type of jealousy than women have, if that makes sense. Yeah, so, yeah I think so. I think jealousy depends on situation too. Yeah. I, I think guys jealousy comes from, and I know this sounds terrible from an ownership place and a women's jealousy comes from an emotional place. No, absolutely. Like a um a fear of being replaced kind of jealousy like Well, yeah, but it would I I think jealous I, I'm going to say this in a very broad way. I think the way a lot of guys are jealous is almost as if their girlfriend are their property. Right. right. And they right. don't want them to wear specific clothes or they don't want them to be in the sex industry or they can't talk to and text to their guy friends that they've been friends, best friends with for 10 years, you know, or and, and there's like a certain amount of like ownership. Whereas I think women are, well, if he's fucking that other girl, he's giving her the love that I want and he's not allowed to do that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Agreed. And once you get rid of those two hurdles, it's amazing how good a relationship cleans up. If, if I can say it like that. Holy fuck though, for real. Um, I've been in my relationship for 14 years and to see the difference of growth. I was a totally different person, obviously as a teenager, like there's just so many different things you prioritize and to see how far we've come and where we're going and like, you're right. The jealousy factor is completely cut out and it has made the relationship is just the best that's ever been because of it. If you work together and you can get to a point where you can feel that it is so fucking freeing. The amount of time I used to waste freaking out that he was talking to somebody else or thinking about somebody else or, or messaging somebody else and talking to them. And I freaked the fuck out. And I'm like, that was so toxic and only bad for me because I was the one spinning out and freaking myself out about everything. And now it's to a point where it's like, none of that's there anymore. And I'm so peaceful in a sense. Yeah. There's a certain ohm to it. Also, when you're behaving that way towards your guy, it, no matter how much he loves you and no matter how much he's into you, you're still giving him anxiety by, you know, like, oh my God, my friend who's a female texted me, you know, if my girlfriend mm -hmm. sees this, like it's an anxiety and it's not a good way to live. So I no. always- I, I've had so many discussions. I have a best friend who 
just when I first got with my ex was like, I don't know how you're doing this. And I've watched him grow. And uh, I'm like, dude, just let your girl do whatever she wants. And guess what? If she chooses to be with you, then what do you have to be insecure about? It's a, it's um, it's more fulfilling. It's more rewarding. And it's a better feeling when somebody chooses you to choose you, not because they're being forced to or manipulated into picking you. It literally makes this decision so much more fulfilling when they're like, hey, I wake up every day and I do still choose you versus all these other people I can talk to or try and get with them. I'm like, yeah, it's rewarding. Yeah. This is a terrible analogy, but it's kind of the best one I can think of. And I don't like comparing people to dogs, but I'm going to do this real quick. Um, I always say, if, if you have a dog that you can let off leash and it sticks with you, or you can have a dog that has to be on the leash that lunges at every other dog and starts barking and making noise at every other dog who has the better dog. Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> and I know that's a, a tear. I hate making the dog analogy, but it's also like, like if you give someone the freedom of choice and their choice is you, what on earth do you have to be insecure about? Absolutely. No, that's, and it's a hard one to learn, unfortunately, because of the way society is. And it's because monogamy is beat into everybody. And it's okay to be monogamous. That's totally fine. But you don't have to be possessive and controlling and out of control about it when you can just be accepting, loving. Mm -hmm. And when you're getting with somebody, get with the person for the person, not because you want to change them or form them to what you want. You have to get with someone because you like them as they are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And also don't, I'm going to go off, off kilter here a little bit. Uh, don't get a fixer upper cause it's not going to get fixed or go up. Nope. <laughs> nope. It's going to make your life hard and more frustrating. And then you're going to be mad at yourself for even delving into it in the first yeah. place. Yeah. People don't have potential. They I, are either <laughs> there or not there. There's no in between you there. <laughs> you, you cut out. Can you say that again? What you see is what you get. You got to take it for face value. Exactly. See, we should be having a couples therapy podcast. We're awesome. Yeah, I feel like this is all very good advice. This is, yeah. I genuinely be like a sex therapist after porn. Oh, you totally could. I mean, you're so well-spoken and you have uh, the, the degree, so to speak, right? That's what I'm, I fucking have experience, man. Yeah. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> All right, let's get back to you. Uh, this this podcast is already going a little bit longer than I was I thought it was going to go, but you're easy to talk to. Um, so let me hit a few questions I normally ask. Um, what happened when your family found out about what you were doing? Um, majority of them were like super accepting. Like I, I guess it wasn't funny part now that I think about it. I don't think it was so far fetched that that would be something that I would do. So I feel like when the family found out, it wasn't like, no fucking way. Oh my God. And like everyone freaked out. I feel like mm. I told my siblings first because we're very close. And also I told my brother first as a, uh, hey, what do you hey, say? Hey, when you're on Pornhub, don't search this. Yeah. Well, or if you see it, my tattoos run. Like that was mm. like, if you, if it looks like me, get the fuck out of there. And he was very appreciative for that because mm. I thought that was a nice thing to do, you know, like don't ruin this for him. Yeah. Um, so I, I gave them a heads up and then I was reluctant to tell my mom 
and it, <laughs> it took a long time and she was very distraught when she first found out like she's the whole oh is it my fault oh no and like crying a bunch and thinking that I'm being sex trafficked and all the bullshit mm. and um thankfully it took I mean it took about a year for her to come around and understand that I am of sound mind and body. I am an adult. I can make my decisions. I'm doing it safely. I'm also doing it to make money and I'm doing good with it. It's not like I got in and was losing money and fucking bumming street bullshit. Like I, mm. it was professional. I had my head on my shoulders and I was doing it to afford to be able to live and spend time with my family. Yeah. And you're a successful businesswoman at this point, from what I can tell. I like, I like to think so. I like to yeah. say fucking owner technically and sell my body for for kicks <laughs> and, and you have good sex you have good sex so i mean i mean think about how important sex is to almost everybody in the world so why do we put these like rules on it no i agree because i think more people need to own that sexuality and in America, in general, we're so repressed for sexuality that it's devastating because it comes everybody, everybody in the world feels sexually, except for asexual people, which is totally understandable. But like there are sexual tendencies and thoughts for just about every human being out there. Why do we have to tell everybody to suppress it or to get rid of it? Yeah, I forgot. I think it was Evan Stone, if you know who that is. Evan Stone I once do. told me something funny. He was like, Every hand you've ever shook has probably had a dick in it at some time. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so there, that's it. And if you know Evan, you know he's a funny guy. Um, oh, he's hilarious. So, yeah. What else do I want to ask you? Oh, so, so I know your husband's more like into hot wifing. Does he also um, sleep with other people outside of the marriage? Yeah. And yeah, I mean, he's more than welcome to whatever floats his boat, whatever makes him happy. I want my partner happy because that yeah. makes me happy. Yes, exactly. I like, I am one of those, <laughs> I am like a pleaser. I want my partner to be happy. And like, when you get a partner that can't be happy, it's so frustrating. And like, if like, Hey, you want to have a stranger come over and come in your pussy and that's going to make you happy. I'm all for it. It'll make me happy too. Right. This is win-win at this point. This is yeah. fucking great. Yeah. I have a, I'll be a bit honest. And I've kind of brought this up on a couple of my podcasts. It's like, I've lost a lot of relationships to my sexuality, specifically the hot wifing. Like the girls are always yeah. into it at first and then they kind of get over it and they're like, well, I'd just rather be with you. And it's like, you're like, oh, thank you very much. You know, like, that's great, but any once in a while, could you like come home with some cum in your pussy or something? And uh, I, but I, I can say from the girl's point of view, I, I will say I'm pretty high maintenance sexually. I will 100% own that because I'm not high maintenance in any other category, but sexually I'm very high maintenance. I'm going to need to be pleased. And when I was running rampant and just fucking everybody for my husband, holy fuck, did it get awful? Like how almost all my sexual interactions were like with just because I like the random fact. I didn't want to keep fucking the same person. So I was like keeping it random. But I'd say about 75% of those were like the lamest hookups where it was like I was just getting it over with. So I go home and get my second dick that was yeah. actually going to please me. And exactly. I was <laughs> So that's interesting because uh, I read this article on hot wifing and cuckolding, 
and it kind of opened my eyes on what type of hot wifing I, hot wifer I am. I guess that's the word we should use. Um, I derive my pleasure from the reclaim, right? You understand the reclaim? Yes. So like, I loved watching it, like watching my ex have sex, but then I'd get to have her back and I would please her. So I completely get it because we had some situations where, let's face it, most guys are pretty bad in bed. And so if you're going it's out so and, and hooking up with these guys and it's fucking terrible, but then your second dick would be the real one. So in a way that turns into foreplay. And when you have bad foreplay, I completely understand it. But it, it did help because then like I was even more excited to come home and get fucked good because I yeah. was a good girl. And that's my thing is I, I pleased him and I was a good girl. So now yeah. I get to get mine. Oh. Of course, he'd always do it up a little which made it yeah. fucking fantastic because i'd come like six times like that made up for it we're okay now <laughs> <laughs> yeah man you're getting like you're getting my dick hard because that that's the stuff <laughs> i like <laughs> okay um so let's blast off a few more questions real quick and I, it looks like you're getting ready to go somewhere so i want to let you go um no any anything on your bucket list you haven't done yet I need to do a bound gangbang. So I've done a gangbang where like I'm being held down and they call it human bondage where like I'm just, there's so many dudes that somebody's hands are on me holding me down the whole time, which was super hot. But I need to be like tied up to where I can't fucking move. Like, cause I am a squirmy bitch. It's true. I'm very squirmy. So like, especially when tense gangbang where I'm trying to escape, like I like, I like the non-movement part. If I'm just set up and dudes just keep taking their turns with me, I think that's super hot. So I really want to do one where I'm tied up, but I also want to mix in like the kidnapped aspect because that would be really hot. Mm. That is, I can understand that. You like being the object of a desire, just a toy for a man to have to please himself with. Yes, exactly. Like the toy aspect and like um, went through a phase still kind of sometimes when I read like a lot of erotica, but when it's like slave training, holy fuck, that's the best. Cause it's just an object that they're using, but they want to turn it into the best object. And I'm yeah. like, yes, I'm here for that. So did you get <laughs> totally into 50 shades of gray, the book, not the movie? No, no, I didn't uh, actually. I missed, I thought it was so vanilla for bondage for me. I need like brutality. I need like, you're scared for your life and you're trying to run in an erotica and I'm reading it. So, so excited about oh. it. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. All right. So that's on your bucket list. Is there any, uh, sexual regrets that you have? Um, hmm. so I guess this is one that is a funny story. I can laugh at it. It was funny, but Oh my God, it hurt so bad. Um, but I you like the, the sex hurt. shop. And I do, but this one was like, like not fun hurt. Um, so we got this toy in at the sex shop, and when I worked there, I got fifty percent off. So I was buying way too much stuff because it was just so fucking cheap. Why wouldn't I? Even the expensive shit was just so cheap. So hold um, on, hold on. I want to make sure I understand this cycle. So you would work at a sex shop, right? And they yes. would pay you. You would then take yeah. the money that they give you and you give it right back to them. 
Absolutely. And like a lot of it. The only benefit was I was working full time managing a sex shop and I was camming. So I was making a lot of money for me at that time. So I was like, fine. It's fine if I spend like 10 grand in the sex okay. shop. Okay. We're good. Let, I'm going to cut you off one more time. Just a little funny thing here. So all these sex toys that you bought, were you smart enough to write them off on your taxes? No, I wasn't because <laughs> I was doing my own taxes. I was 16 until recently. So I was not doing anything I was supposed to be doing for a very long time. It so would have you, been beneficial. So you took the money you were making and then you gave it back to the people you're paying you and paying you and you didn't write it off on your taxes. And it was probably thousands of dollars you could have written off on your taxes. It was 10 grand worth of toys before I stopped buying them. And now dudes buy me toys. So I don't have to buy toys anymore. Okay. So you uh, bought some specific toy that you regretted what happened yes yeah, so basically we got in all this electroshock stuff at the sex shop and i love electricity i think it's a lot of fun as scary as it, it's the one that makes me cry because it's so intense and it's a lot of fun and it freaks me out but i like it so i had owned one um electric toy already it's the neon wand but it's not very intense it's just like a little sting it's not like the zaps like a mm -hmm. cattle prod or a tape or like a tens unit um so it just wasn't the same. So we got this vibrator, internal electrocution. I was so intrigued. I played with it all the time. I'd sit at the like t toy testing table and wrap my hand around it and just click through the buttons and see how it was shocking me and just like contemplate like, would I like this? Would it be good? Would it be bad? Um, well, I ended up buying it because I was just too intrigued. I took it home. And my mistake was I didn't play with it by myself for the first time. That's what I should have done. I immediately brought it home so excited and my husband's like oh let me use it on you and so like we're using it and things were going great it has like a vibrate and a shock mode so it kind of makes the electricity not feel as intense because the vibrations there so we had it all turned on things were going good he I guess <laughs> he's fucking me with it and I jerked back and he pulled out at the same time and it shocked the entire outside of my pussy in the worst way. I almost started crying. Like I immediately grabbed my vagina and turned over and was like, no, like, it was Whoa. so painful to do. And it was an accident situation. Like it was the way I moved and the way he moved that combined and pulled it out. Cause I told him beforehand, like we have to turn it off before you pull it out. Otherwise it's going to shock the whole outside. Ooh. And needless it was the one and only time I ever used the toy. I still haven't touched it. And this was like six years ago. I'm just too scared to try again. I think everyone who's listening needs to go to your cam show and tip pig <laughs> to get you to use this toy again. You know what? I have to get tipped crazy fat to do it, but I would. If it was an insane tip, maybe my biggest tip, I would be like, all right. <laughs> all right. All right. So I want to, it looks like you're getting ready to go do something and we've already gone over time because we have, we have good conversations. A um, couple other things that I want to hit. Don't forget she has OnlyFans, Chatterbait and Twitter and it's X Luna Lovely X on two of those. And then it's something else on another, right? Yeah, so OnlyFans mm -hmm. and Chatterbait is LunaX, LovelyX, and Twitter, because they've deleted me six fucking times, is now Luna Lovely X. Luna Lovely X. And I've shot two scenes with her, so you can go there and you, you sell that, uh, right? Um, yeah. That's that's a paid, paid, 
do my scenes do good? I have big loads. So the last one was really they good. do the last one's gotten requested a lot it's been Awesome. fantastic Good, good. Yeah, that was a big load. That was a really big load. So go to her OnlyFans, watch me bang her, encourage her to bang me again because I want to do it. I want that booty. And you know what I really yes want to do with you is um, I notice I can kind of judge what's trending by seeing what's on my Twitter and what's on my Reddit. And your mm -hmm. uh, gang gangbang cream pie scene gets reposted so much. So I'm trying to convince her to come over to L.A. and do a three guy cream pie scene with me and two of my buddies who are not industry. Right. And we want to triple, triple cream pie you. So you got to come back uh, so we can film that and put it on both of our OnlyFans. I think that'd be a lot of fun. And I think my fans would really fucking like that. Yeah, let's do it. So we just need to get you back <laughs> in L.A. Absolutely. I don't, last time you were here, did I have the jacuzzi? Were you able to get in? I don't remember. I didn't get in the jacuzzi, but you did have it. It was one of those, I was cold and I was like, I don't really want to get naked to go out there. <laughs> I don't want to deal with the 20 second, the 15 seconds of cold to get me in the warm water. Actually, that's the part I like. Exactly. I, I like running out there and then going, ah, oh, this is great. But anyway, so follow her on all of uh, her own, all her OnlyFans at Twitter and Chatterbait. Tell her you found her through us because we're awesome. Uh, support her Yeah. all that you can. She's one of my favorite peoples to work with, and I hope I get to work with her again soon. And that's pretty much it. Anything else you want to plug? Um, well, you're one of my favorite people too. Thank you. Um, I think that's about it. Really. If you follow my Twitter or my ex, I'm very vocal about what I'm doing. Like, even if I don't post day to day, I'm going to post if I'm getting online or if I'm doing customs or video calls or whatever the fuck it is. So it's a good place to follow me at, to check, to see what's going on. All right. Oh, and then just for fun on my Twitter, which is Carnal Talk Pod, I am going to post uh, some some snaps, not snaps. What am I saying? Like little media clips of Luna and I scene. Right. Perfect. Yeah. I can't wait. And then, but but give her the money. Don't give me the money <laughs> because she's better looking than I am. You're a handsome man. Don't discredit yourself. I yeah. Keep saying that to everyone. listening who hasn't seen me yet yeah so my only fans Can you? run a, run a little bit different i what i do is i just put five or six scenes up and then once a week i go put a new scene up and then i delete the last one at the bottom so there's always just five because i don't have time to chat with people but if you do dm me on only fans i do talk back it just might take me a few hours to get back to you <laughs> it happens so all right all right luna always a pleasure to see you thanks for taking the time to talk to me Great, great interview and uh, hope to see you soon. of course thank you I know I hope to see you soon too hopefully I'll come and crash and fuck you again Uh, please, I'm all for that. <laughs> How amazing is she? Episode three with Luna Lovely. Done. Please go follow her on X or AKA Twitter. Luna Lovely X. Then on OnlyFans and Chatterbait, she is Luna X Lovely X. Again, I am your host, 
Nelly, and I too will shamelessly promote my OnlyFans, which is Nelly Has Big Loads. This podcast is Carnal Talk Podcast, and you can follow us on X, Carnal Talk Pod. Then on Instagram and TikTok, it's Carnal Talk Podcast. We do have a website, carnaltalk.com. Go check out the photos of our guests. And of course, you can email me directly, Nelly at carnaltalk.com. That's N-E-L-L-Y. So I know these past few episodes have been a little bit rough, and we're still working out the kinks. Plus, I'm getting back into the swing of being on mic. So I appreciate your support, and I promise you things are getting better. I think this episode was better than the last, and that episode is better than the episode before. So I think we're on the right route here. And finally, my new sign-off. I'm glad you got to hear me. <laughs>